From Calvary Church of Santa Ana, this is the Calvary Life Podcast, the show where we share stories, laugh together, and have discussions about faith, life, and God with people from Calvary Church. Here are your hosts, Eric and Matt. Welcome to the Calvary Life Podcast. This is Eric Wakeling here with Matt Doan, and I am super excited to be with you today because it has been a while. Yeah, I'm sure, listener, you were refreshing your podcast queue mm-hmm. over and over day after day. Is there going to be a new podcast right. episode? Is there? No, there's not today. No, not today. Will there ever? And you probably had given up. Yeah, they gave up. But we're back. We're back. <laughs> we're back. I was gone. Yes. Yeah. So I didn't get back into town until Tuesday night and just made it a little hard to record a good pod. Yeah. As we... they say in the biz. That's kind of a biz. <laughs> the biz talk. It's kind of an insider. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Us, us serious podcasters. So you said you got back in town. <laughs> so where were you? Uh, we were down in a little place called Sayulita, Mexico, which is uh, you fly to Puerto Vallarta and mm-hmm. then drive about an hour north out of the sort of resorty area and into this little village uh, called Sayulita. It's like really cool kind of fishing, surfing spot, good restaurants, kind of like a it's just a little different. There's no big uh, all inclusive resorts in that area. It's just kind of quaint. And it's got a surf spot there. Had about 15 plus people of my side of the family. Wow. Down there. Yeah, it's really great. And Salita, it's a special place for your family too, oh, yeah. isn't it? So tell us why. Yeah, we've been, we started going down there serving in missions down there actually, because this guy who uh, named Rod that owns this hotel in town there, he reached out to my dad's ministry to bring some people to serve the community there. So we went for years and years and years going down there and helping. Um, You know, we did vision clinics, dental clinics, VBS type ministry, uh, all sorts of other kind of like service of people's homes. We helped plant a couple churches down there, Mm -hmm. like all sorts of like crazy cool stuff in that area. And then just as like developed this relationship with also that guy who was Mm -hmm. the owner of that restaurant. My dad had helped him out in some different ways over the years as Mm -hmm. well. And then uh, he just kind of always now says come whenever you want your family <laughs> yeah exactly for my family yeah <laughs> my casa is su casa <laughs> exactly and it's a pretty awesome hotel yeah uh so it's fun yeah so we go there and then i try to just do a couple like nice little social media posts you know to express my <laughs> express my gratitude not like my like thousand followers are gonna really boost his economy but... oh you're thanking him for hosting you guys yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. i see that exactly but pretty special i mean a place that yeah. your family's had deep investment into ministry yeah. and just even memory wise totally with your mom too being there oh, and, yeah. and so special to be back there as a family yeah. 15 of you though how do you how do you navigate 15 people all deciding what to do i know so what's good is we actually this is like a serious thing because i think if we're actually such a very relaxed, laid back crew that it works because I, I think it would drive me insane if it was trying to get everybody to do everything at the same time. But it's not. It's just there's like a text thread and you just kind of text everybody like this. Hey, we're hit, we're hitting the beach at 10. See if we see you, you know, or hey, uh-huh. we're thinking about going to this place for dinner. If you want to join, just let me know. Okay. Like, and then so like even dinner, sometimes there'd be like people at three different restaurants in yeah. town. Yeah, one so night the eight. expectations are do what you're going to do as a family and then, yeah. but let everybody know in case they want to join. Exactly. Huh. And so we did But sometimes like other people are tired or, you mm-hmm. know, whatever. So yeah, I guess that's can be like stress, dude. Yeah. I don't know. That doesn't sound fun. If yeah. You're trying to get all 15. Okay. Be at the beach at this time. And then we're eating dinner. Make a reservation in, right. in this like small Mexican like town for sure. 15 people. It's kind of like obnoxious. Too. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <Anyway>. that's true. <laughs> uh, anyway. What's that van ride from the airport to Salito? Uh, it's it's like an wait, hour. Yeah, it's like is that windy. Is it like hilly? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a full on windy jungle road. Oh. So you're going through like jungle overhanging all of you and like, all of the road. You can see. Like, you know, you can see like papaya trees yeah. and coconuts hanging on the side and it's that tropical area. So it's uh, pretty cool. Um, but it's also, yeah, it's kind of long, but, um, you know, it's, it's nice. Yeah. Wow. How Not cool. Bad. Yeah. So Glad that's, you got to do that. Yeah. That's what we were doing. That's why I was gone. I was here this last Sunday, but I was gone the Sunday before mm-hmm. when you, uh, you and Oleg spoke. Yes. We had a guest appearance from Oleg Ruki. Yes. Pretty he's cool. So cool. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, I feel like Oleg probably thinks I don't like him though because he came last summer <laughs> yeah. when I was on sabbatical. That's I haven't even thought about that until this moment. But yeah, the last two times he's been here at Calvary, you have been absent. Yeah, so I kind of I want I, I feel like I need to actually I haven't done it, but I need to reach out to him and just be like, bro, this is just chance. I'm sorry. You know? Well, no, no. Like he's a man of grace, but he also will capitalize that into inviting you to Moldova. I know. Maybe I don't I think do. I've ever been around <laughs> Oleg when he hasn't invited someone to Moldova. I know it's true. I should com- combine like a Albania Moldova trip next yeah, year and hit very both. possible. Yeah, just kind of you can just connect through Turkey or uh, sometimes out of Albania it's hard to find a connection flight places. That's true, um, but you can make it work. I'll just walk. <laughs> you can just. <laughs> <laughs> well, although all Eastern Europe, they're paving the roads like crazy. Yeah. So what used to take you 14 hours to get places is now like six. Oh yeah. And there's like tunnels, new yeah. tunnels through yeah. mountains and stuff yeah. like that. Anyway. Um, okay. How about you? You've had some eventful things. This yeah. Week. Yeah. Were, so you, I'm trying to catch up the listener on what we've been doing. So we talked about graduation. So that was the first week of June. I yeah. think it was. And then, and then uh, your roof fell off or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We had some housing projects that may were mandated by uh, Mercury Insurance. <laughs> and uh, Mercury so we, does house insurance too. Yeah. That's what you have? Yeah, we have. We bundle our. Does that. <laughs> wait, this, this, this is the new sponsor of the pod. Oh, yeah. Sponsored by Mercury. Mercury Insurance. I'm a State Farm guy. I've got Jake Ooh. from State Farm that oh. takes care of me. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> uh, but yeah, anyway, so yeah. So you, the, the insurance company said you have to change your roof because yes. your house is going to burn down. We had an old wood shake roof yes. that was possibly original. Yeah, it wasn't just that it was wood shake. It was that <laughs> it was the falling wood apart. had yeah. shaken <laughs> off the roof. We had a raccoon that dug a hole <laughs> okay. through our wood shake roof and was about <laughs> to deliver babies until I intervened. I'm not going <sighs> to tell that story on the podcast just due to some liabilities <laughs> <laughs> okay okay so you had to get out of Dodge. so yeah so yeah, yeah. so uh so we had a, a wonderful wonderful friend who gave us a good deal i can recommend him anytime uh to put on a new roof for us so that was last week mm. and so the kids were all home marie's all home for um marie's home for uh the summer too yeah. from her job she's taking a sabbatical yes. from her job which is great and so <laughs> we were all in the house hearing goo 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 Goo, 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 goo. Do, 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 do. That's a nail gun. Oh, I like that. You like that? Can I hear your nail gun? <laughs> that was good. I like that, actually. I'm pretty proud of that. It's more the gun itself. It's probably not what it sounds like in the house. <laughs> so, yeah. So then we uh, we decided impromptu um, to say, hey, family let's jump in the car and let's just drive and we drove up to northern california visited my mom and dad uh who were gracious enough to open their home for us for a couple days while we were getting our roof put on the house nice we had a great time now the cool thing though that you got to do on that trip was because everyone knows you're oakland A's fan yeah so the, you gotta lean into this it's kind of okay, how i okay. lean into so, u2 stuff yeah so the common <laughs> themes on this podcast are oakland a's for me u2 yeah. triathlons yeah for yeah. But uh, yeah, so the Oakland A's, if you didn't know, are threatening to move to Las Vegas, Nevada. And a lot of us that grew up rooting for them in the Bay Area are really upset about that because it's like leaving memories of our childhood, leaving the Bay Area, leaving California. Oh, so, wait. Interruption. Oh. Speaking of the Bay. Hey. Oh, we have a fellow Bay Arean. Bay Area resident, our former resident, Christian Hemmerling. He has graced us with his presence right now. This is a nice surprise. Yeah, say hi to the people. Hello. I got like 20 Get right up in on it real close. Right here? Oh, it's not working. I feel... Uh, Oh, there you go. There you go. Oh, you know, it was the mute button, guys. (laughs) Is that what you put me on all the time? I listen back to the podcast. I'm like, I thought I said something. I guess I never said anything. (laughs) They cut out the bits that aren't worth listening to. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. It's good. But, um, so... Reason Christian, we're going to have to come back to that Oakland days. Oh, everyone's was, riveted. Everyone's in the like, middle of a story. Everyone pulled, yeah. Yeah. Everyone listening on the podcast pulled over on the side of the road and just like tell us more. Oh yeah, tell but us they're going to they're the going to have to wait. But then they're going to have to like talk about like serious God stuff. Nine, yes, nine minutes in, they're like, we're not ready for serious stuff. Nine <laughs> minutes in, we need like twenty minutes. Well, there's people that probably just fast forward automatically yeah. twenty minutes, and they're going to be thrown off when yeah they miss the first that's ten minutes true. of Christian. We're also uh, talking about serious stuff. I'm wearing a spacesuit for my VBS <laughs> costume from filming. So. That's a good point. I should take a picture of you. Can right we describe now what? For the... <laughs> That's actually really funny. 
Yeah, describe your outfit and why you're in it. I am wearing a bright orange jumpsuit with some space stickers on it because <laughs> this is our costume for VBS, and I'm one of the characters this year. We have it's called Stellar, so it's all in space, shining Jesus's light. Oh wow! What's your character's name? That's actually classified. Oh, um, <laughs> oh no, we announced it on stage. Uh, I'm Dash Freewind. I'm the pilot, the fastest pilot in the galaxy. Freewind, is that like passing gas? You know what? <laughs> Shannon Reese said the same thing the first time she heard that yes. name. Uh, <laughs> is that like a Gen Xer response, though? Is that not the kid? The no, I thought the same thing. Oh, okay, okay. You know, okay. we could have played it up. Oh, yeah, that's what they called me in Academy. <laughs> there are actually not many fart jokes in the VBS script, though. <laughs> yeah, I understand that. Ever Although, since Eric left, they started a, cutting those. Well, I actually been getting like the the big like encouragement I gave to VBS crew these, this this year and last year was like I'm upset that VBS has gone soft. Huh. So like it needs to like there needs to be more messes. There needs mm. to be more like scary animals. Villains. There needs to be villains. There needs to like just something a little like more spicy that gets the people going. Yeah, it's provocative. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> But uh, yeah, you know, so somebody's got to get slimed. Somebody's got to get like thrown off a building and do it. We've a been doing pit. slime, yeah, but yeah, yeah. So, no, we haven't had any live animals, anything creepy crawly. That was no, that was no reflection on you. I just think people were being careful. Yeah, I think, <laughs> I think your, I think your bosses were being careful. Careful, like <laughs> <a> boring, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> so Christian Hemmerling, yeah. yesterday, uh, you spoke, and that's not abnormal. You speak. A lot of Sundays mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. to our uh, amazing high school students. What was it like, though, speaking in what we affectionately call the big house, the worship mm -hmm. center? To I, I don't like to call it a stage or a big house. I just want to call it God's house where his children gather. We like to call it a platform. That's mm. Have you heard of that? We have this debate. He thinks it's a platform, and I think it's a stage. Doesn't stage remind you of acting and showmanship? Platform's more like just a raised... Platform uh, is like developing <laughs> your platform of how famous you are. Right, your platform, the thing through which you reach people. <laughs> I just call it my living room, you know, Oh, just in, with your family. Oh, I like that. <laughs> That's good. But no, what was it like speaking Sorry. to an uh, audience that you don't normally speak to? Uh, definitely a little more stressful. Um, and I noticed as soon as I got on stage that my heart was beating a little bit, but... Um, <laughs> As I settled into it, there's actually this part where I just had everyone breathe, and it was mostly for me. But uh, <laughs> I genuinely felt sort of relaxed, and, and my yeah, prayer mostly that is that I would feel like it's just something I got to do with God, not mm -hmm. like a test or something, right? Yes. There's a thumbs up or thumbs down, but wow, that's good. Um, and I really did feel like that, and I felt invited and warm. It, you know, mm -hmm. people weren't just sitting there, arms crossed or anything. So mm -hmm. it was actually pretty good. Like I overall enjoyed it. it was, yeah, it was stressful. It had nerves at first, but. Mm -hmm. Actually liked it. So yeah. quick test for Matt. Um, what was the main idea of his sermon? Let's see if you can like. This mm. is the, this is maybe more the test for Christian. What was Christian's big idea? Well, I was going to ask you that same question. <laughs> I could do that easy. Jesus? No, see, no, I know it. I want you to see if you know it. Were you in the room? Yes. Okay. <laughs> this, is, this, turn, this is take a strange, strange turn here. That's a test. Yeah. Uh, Jesus, Lord of the Sabbath. Yeah. Jesus is Lord of the Sabbath. That's what the text talks about. Mm -hmm. And you and you nailed it. I mean, he just said the title. I mean, that's good. That was the main point. It actually was. I actually I guess the title is Lord of the Sabbath, not Jesus is. So uh, he, he 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 figured out what the blanks were on the little <laughs> piece of paper. <laughs> Jesus was the answer. Who's the Lord of the Sabbath? Yeah. So talk about like just sort of the the heart of what you what did you feel like you learned about mm. that passage as you were studying it that kind of was like Wow, that like that is what's hitting me. That's true because often the teacher, <laughs> I feel like, grows and totally. is challenged by the text more than anybody. Yeah, the biggest thing is I think I have seen a lot of commands or spiritual practices as sort of a checklist of things, and often maybe my relationship with God gets sterile when when I see it as just a, a set of things that I'm supposed to do and not as a means to connect with God mm -hmm. and even that these are given by him for my good, that he's a, I mean, it was father's day, but it's just that he is a loving father and that he wants to know me. And 
he wants me to keep from sin because it's destructive to me and other people. And he wants me to spend time in prayer. And of course, sometimes there's like discipline associated with studying scripture and things, but ultimately it's not just in order to get these things done. It's for me to grow with Mm -hmm. him, become more like him and then show other people what he's like. So it just kind of repositioned the relational aspect of my walk with God in a helpful way. And even kind of encouraged me to Sabbath more Mm -hmm. and and step into that personally. Um, And that, had been really good because I'd and even like I'd take space to not, not work quote unquote, but would it, was it actually restoring me? Was it actually uh-huh. reconnecting me with God? Maybe not necessarily. So growing in my own practice of Sabbath and mostly putting the, the means and the ends back in mm-hmm. the right place. It was so it's like both, it was both funny and helpful. The thing that you said at the beginning for like, Oh yeah, people just I can't wait to have kids so I can <laughs> make them, you know, turn the lights off when they leave the room. Right, whatever, right, you know? right, right. <laughs> yes. Uh just I can't wait to give them rules. That's gonna be awesome. You mm-hmm. know, like but nobody thinks that. And that mm-hmm. just to put yourself into the heart of God, like of course God doesn't think that I'm gonna create human beings for me to love and care for, right? And mm-hmm. give them Sabbath so that they can just obey that rule and just nail it right <laughs> yeah like, there's a vacancy actually no one's practicing sabbath right now i need to fill this role <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so that was super because i think that that helps that helped me kind of connect my my head and heart with like mm-hmm. with that subject matter you know that and with the whole issue that was happening in this story so um yeah it's just kind of that's cool i like the basketball analogy too i just uh i appreciated your boldness to say you are the best basketball player in the world (laughs) and (laughs) but it was so true it's such an understandable concept of like oh if you don't want to commit a foul then let's build all these rules so you don't even get close to committing a foul and i think that really nailed what the pharisees were doing right Mm -hmm. they were they didn't want to break any any um, un, or, or work on the Sabbath, so they built all this what you call fence or almost yeah. a wall. Right, right. Yeah, on that. So that was fascinating, and how even maybe we tend to do that. We can tend to build our own self-imposed walls when it comes to spiritual practices, disciplines, um, in our own lives. But yeah, it's always remind. It's a great reminder to me of like, oh. Yeah, the religious leaders of that day had built out all these rules upon rules upon rules really forgetting the relationship. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And where have you added to the law? And these things that we judge other people by that are standards that we've created. And maybe they're, they've been helpful for us. And it's like, I, I, if I wake up at 6 a.m. and spend time with the Lord and like before, before the rest of my family wakes up, you're like, maybe that's a great practice. But then if you start thinking, oh, these other people are less spiritual than me because they're not doing the same practice or they wear a hat when they pray. And mm-hmm. instead of taking it off, you're like, maybe the intention of this was good and could be good for you. But if your heart gets in, to judge people according to your standards, then you are probably veering from the original intention mm. of even maybe your own practice that you had. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so true. I love the um, the Narnia, the Narnia joke <laughs> that you <laughs> said of like, I wrote the law. Yes. Yeah, I do not recite the deep magic to me, which I was yes, there when I was written. That was so good. Okay, do you think, I was thinking about actually, there's a, there's a picture of that and it's a meme. Yeah. And I was wondering if I should put the meme on the screen or not, but I felt like it might be too silly to put it on the screen but what do you think should i have gone there yeah i think so i don't know (laughs) your face says that would have been bad (laughs) i mean i I can't remember exactly what that meme looks like i should look it up it's just like a picture of aslan and and it's that text underneath yes yeah Uh, it's so great in this whole section of of luke this jesus reveals section that we where we titled it jesus reveals yeah so he, he's revealing not only how he feels about things like Sabbath and healing uh, and feasting and fasting, but uh, also he's just revealing like you had you had alluded to that he's he's God. Mm. He has the authority and the Pharisees just couldn't recognize it, could they in that in that way? But, yeah, he's the Lord. Of the, like he created it. He invented it like. He, he gets to say what happens on the Sabbath. I thought mm-hmm. that was just so who knows powerful. who yeah. really knows how to practice this. Right. Right. So good. Yeah, it is interesting because it, it, it's totally the Aslan one or just trying to think like it's somebody that like if you were to walk up to like Albert Einstein and be like, I'm going to explain to you the theory of relativity, <laughs> you know, like that kind of moment or whatever that is, like to yeah. the ultimate, the the creator, the inventor of whatever it is. And you're, uh, you know, let me explain this to you. Like I've even seen some funny like responses where 
there's these this happens to like female scientists i guess a lot mm. where like people try to like mansplain to them <laughs> on mm. on twitter they're like you should try and they'll, uh, it's been said to them where you should try reading so this book about like astrophysics or whatever you know and they're like yeah i wrote the book <laughs> <laughs> it's so awesome it's like uh, the ultimate roast just you know they just go that's actually my book totally that's what this is it's yeah. like jesus is like yeah that's my book yeah <laughs> so that's so cool um, and it's kind of hitting on the sabbath a little bit more so yeah you yes bust out mark twain you bust out Narnia, and then all the all the, great, all the greatest writers, really. <laughs> and then obviously, yeah. John Mark Comer too, who's written yeah. a lot in the last few years about spiritual disciplines, and even has does has a thing on the Sabbath and practicing mm-hmm. the way. But I love the quote that you pulled out that often it's easy to do one or the other, either to be so legalistic that you can't do anything on the Sabbath. We're building all these ways to protect us from uh, quote unquote sinning, mm-hmm. but then it's the opposite. Like, oh, we just take the Sabbath, and it's just our day to relax, chill. And do nothing, and both kind of miss the point, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a great quote. That's <laughs> why so I put it there. He said it, he said it better than I could. Um, uh, um, with, <laughs> speaking of John Mark Comer, yeah. Um, okay, <laughs> he's uh, he's had a good influence on you, huh? He, uh, he's he's a great thinker and person, um, and. I, sorry. Anyways. Yeah, you're being weird. Okay, I'm being weird. I'm sorry. I don't okay. understand. I'm not. He, he doesn't want me to ask a certain question. It's fine. I'm not going to ask. Yeah. It. Um, What's the question? No, 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 no. Well, no, see, now fine. you brought it up. But, yeah, 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 yeah. But exactly, it was funny. I mean, there's that quote that I used. And when you prepare for a sermon, you read, like, read a bunch of people totally. stuff and like academic stuff and not and listen to, like, I listen to other, multiple other people's sermons. Mm-hmm. His was one of them. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Some, I, some I, of the ways I don't. I don't always love listening to other people talk on the text that I'm preaching on because <laughs> that's my own, my own neurosis. But I'm like, oh, they said it's so good. Yeah. I, I think I might just push play. I thought, yeah, multiple times I thought that on multiple, which <laughs> I was, I was a little bit like, okay, I've done some research on these things. This is what I've compiled. And yeah. now like, let, let's verify a little right. bit. Right. Yeah, um, sure. And, but it's interesting. Well, one on the, on that quote, like that quote is talking more about our own practice of Sabbath yeah. and kind of like the tone of older generations is like this somber sort of serious sure. thing, right? Not this tone of delight, but then mm-hmm. now we're just like, oh, sweet. I'll just like hang out today. And yeah. you're like, well, you're not really delighting in the Lord and there's yeah. not much about God in that potentially. So it's like moving towards this wisdom in this middle ground. Um, on the on the little section about David, though, I was reading multiple things and then also watched a few sermons. And then people had taught on that section, explaining the section about David differently. Yeah. And sort of was like, oh, wow. Mm. That's which... Um, made me well yeah it was just interesting to, mm-hmm. to see people preach a different perspective right and some people saying uh this is more of like a way to take it mm-hmm. and then some people just sort of offering an explanation of the text actually well, john mark Comer's sermon he just kind of says and the people of the day knew this well and we just moved <laughs> just like moved on he, he was saying he was teaching more just on how to practice sabbath sure and right. and glossed over it a bit mm-hmm. but when you mm-hmm. come up to like a tricky point in the the text that's maybe not super clear that there's debate on and then thinking, oh, I need to try to bring right an interpretation of this. So forward. Let's talk about that for a second, because there was this part where just since it's the podcast, we can yeah. talk a little deeper. Um, and there's this part where Jesus says, you know, David went and ate this consecrated bread, him and all mm-hmm. his friends that was like supposed to be for the priests. Yeah. David's right? on the run from Saul. Saul's yes. chasing him. Yeah. Jealous rage. And I think. In that part, doesn't even say, and he broke the law. Yes, he yeah, says that. Yeah, yeah, he broke the law and ate the bread, and uh, it, and then I forget the next line. Then we can look it up if we need to. But it's just like your friend. and gave some to his companions, um, and like you were fine with that or something. It says like something it doesn't. Like that. Or does I don't it not, think it says that. Okay. I think it's implied, and then he says, okay. "I am Lord even over the Sabbath." Mm. Yeah, um, but it's implied, and then so that it could be. Yeah, right. So there's different takes. One of them is that. He's sort of using tongue-in-cheek quotes. He broke the law. Like you're saying, we are, quote-unquote, breaking the law, yeah, and he yeah. broke the law. But given the context, his, him and his men were hungry. They'd kept themselves ceremonial, ceremonially clean. Mm. Therefore, it was acceptable. And the priest said it was also okay. So Ahimelech said it's okay for him to have eaten the bread. That was his interpretation of the law. And even as the anointed king, part of his role is to interpret and apply the law for the people so he's in a position of authority in which he can interpret and apply the law and did so correctly so we're mm-hmm. going to sit under david's teaching and his interpretation and say 
that was good. And since Jesus has authority to yeah, the interpret and apply king. the law as yeah. ultimate king, we are going to sit under his authority. Whoa, mm-hmm. let's go. So that's one interpretation. Yeah. yeah, that's a good one. Another one is, and that's saying he didn't actually break the law. We're, yeah. So whose who's authority are we going to sit under? Air quotes. Like the, the you have to right. sure. read with And then tone. it sort of mirrored yeah. in the second imi- uh, instance where um, he said, he'll say, oh, and priests, this is not in Luke's account. It might be in Mark or Matthew's, but priests, quote unquote, break the law when they serve on the Sabbath. Mm-hmm. But they're supposed to serve on the Sabbath and the Sabbath another day. So right. it's like not we actually breaking Sundays. the law. We were mm-hmm. on Sunday. Yeah. 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 Um, the other take is that David did break the law and he should not have had this bread. And, and that was a violation of the law, but it, but the Pharisees still would not critique David for doing right. that. You will not critique David when he does violate the law, but you do critique me when I don't violate the law. Right. And you are hypocrites. Yeah. yeah. Um, so in a sense, picking and choosing, applying <laughs> where you want to use the law against somebody. Right, right. And, and yeah. And you can't just say David is always right about his interpretation and application of the law. And obviously he does yeah. terrible things. But also, yeah. in this instance, it doesn't become an obstacle to him becoming king. The priests do get killed, I think, by Saul. But Saul's a bad guy. So, um so uh <laughs> there's a lot actually that's pretty there is a right, right. story yeah, so yeah, then so then right but like god doesn't call him out on this necessarily huh. i i uh, should double check this but it, it even might have been a lie that they had his men had remained ceremonially clean un, uh, clean that mm-hmm. they had quote-unquote kept themselves from women um that so it could be that he lied we could double check the passage mm-hmm. but um so Maybe maybe they're both they both didn't break the law they both did the right interpretation because of, and we should submit to them because of the authority or it could be that he's just exposing hypocrisy that you won't criticize someone who did break the law but you will criticize someone who didn't uh-huh. mm-hmm. and then he's like he's kind of also like look people need to like eat and stuff like I didn't create this so that you yeah. just starve. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, right. I don't know. There's some level where he's like, "Come on, guys!" With with all this is like, I think a little bit of his tone as well. Mm-hmm. I yeah. know it's an oversimplification because there's still all of that nuance mm-hmm. in there that you expressed. Right? Yeah, and yeah. that's a link too in the two stories. Obviously, yes. is that his men are hungry. David's yes. men were hungry, and it says we're feeling the pains of hunger. Like yeah. they're not just a, they have a grumbly tummy. Like yeah. they they do really need food. Mm-hmm. So th- it's not meant to interfere with the the meaning of a, a need in this case. Mm-hmm. And especially like they are not really working is kind of the bottom line. Like this isn't work. Mm. It's it's a violation of your interpretation of work, but it's right. This isn't God's intention for the law. It's not what he was saying. Yeah, that's what people have to really I want to make that like super clear. There's the law. Then there was the extra law that we call the fence around the law. Mm-hmm. That was what would keep you from getting even close to breaking the law. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes people would just break the fence you know, part, but they actually hadn't really gotten to the law. That's part of what Jesus is saying here too. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And and even the, in the the opposite in the Sermon on the Mount too, the idea that, oh, you think you have this nice fence, but you've already blown past both the fence and the law in in your heart, right? Right. 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 In in breaking through and sin. But it reminds me of a, a, a great meme I saw over the week too. I'm sure you guys saw it, but it said, Chick-fil-A fathers eat free on Sunday. Uh, Father's Day. Oh my gosh! Oh, I thought that yeah. was a joke. I thought they were. I thought people were making a fake ad to make people. That's what it was. That's what it was. Yeah, but I didn't think they are not open. <laughs> yes, they're not open. Yeah. Right. So they're. I thought they're just trying to get people to get grumpy at Chick Fil A. Yeah, that, that was no, good. No, no, oh, I thought gosh. they're not open yet. I thought yeah. that was That's good. That's clever. That was pretty good. How much time do you have? Because you have to go back to filming soon. Yeah, I are should you're... go back soon. Okay, I want to ask you another question. So, so we're in Luke six. That's where you talk through Luke six chapter chapter six verse one through eleven. Second half of that, again on the Sabbath, Jesus is going to heal a man with a shriveled hand. Pharisees use the guy, as you said, like as a pawn, really to get at Jesus. Hmm. You made this really great point. It wasn't obvious to me when I first saw the text, but it's like, oh, that makes sense. But wow, you can really see how people feel about the scriptures or are following the scriptures and how they treat their neighbor. Hmm. And hear how the Pharisees mm-hmm. are looking at this man, not as a man that could be healed. And then as you said could then maybe have dignity or work or have a higher place in society. Yeah. Um, but instead they just saw him as a means to an end to try to get at Jesus. Mm-hmm. That was really convicting even in my own seat in the worship center, <laughs> comfy seat on Sunday of like, 
wow, how we do treat people does reveal how we're taking the word and how we're either applying it or making it serious in our lives, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I even, I, I think there's, there's, in this case, it's interesting that it's, it's a man who has, a, it was broken, I guess, right? Like we're not, we're not actually talking about a manner of this man's sin. It's a, a brokenness that Jesus wants to restore. And, um, but I had this sort of caveat that love is not license. Like it's not, it's not that we want, like say, well, if you're not being nice to people who are sinning, then you don't care. Well, it's like, we, we do not have like give license to sin. It, it, we see that it's destructive to us, to other people. In this case, it's Jesus longing to restore brokenness, but he, I would say like love is not license, but it is longing mm. to uh, work for and pray for, mm-hmm. or just long for the restoration of people. Mm-hmm. And even like long for people to turn from sin, but it sort of like changes my heart. Cause I'm, sometimes I know that I want to, I don't know. I might just even want to like look at someone and I I'll look at their brokenness. Like look how look how far from God they are, and and almost like you're you're self gratified that they, mm-hmm. um, I don't know that they're that they're hurting in a way because of their choices or, or whatever. have consequences like, I, for their actions, right? Right, right, right. But it's like, do I long for people to be restored? Do I long mm-hmm. or do I work for people to be restored? Do I pray for people restored who are broken or people who are sinful? It's like, is mm-hmm. that my longing for 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 them to? to see who God is and turn back to him or to find restoration. Mm. Um, so I, I didn't say that. I was like looking at the clock a little bit, but yeah, <laughs> just in that it's like, yes, how we treat our neighbor reveals whether we really understand the scriptures. And it's like the, the, the Pharisees obviously know a lot about the scriptures. They know, they know a lot, but they don't understand it. Like they haven't pulled the right through lines through. And Jesus is saying, I'm the one who really understands the scriptures. And it's evident by how I treat this person. Mm. And there's these parts of the scriptures, like Hosea 6, 6, like that's in, that's in the, the wealth of knowledge that you have, but it's not one of the parts that you want to zoom in on. Right. Mm. And you also don't place yourself in the, as the right people in that story. Even if you do know it, you, mm. you're the people that he's prophesying against, but you probably think you're Hosea, <laughs> right. right? You think you're the good guy. Um, and don't we all in every Bible story? Right, right. Oh, like so it's just something yeah. to read this and be like, oh man, yeah, well, like, said, I'm Jesus. Or... Eric said something a few weeks ago where he's like, ooh, actually, as the Pharisees are being described, that's actually my role. I'm a spiritual leader in right, the right, right. And, Yeah, exactly. Yeah, when we read about the Pharisees, we're like, oh, those guys, we're never putting ourselves in their yeah. shoes, right? And that was one of the big things too for me. I just, it's just so easy to see them as the bad guys. Even make them a caricature and they're like, obviously, but they're real people and they, and they, became really warped in their thinking and how they feel about others, but, but they didn't see it that way. And I think that was another valuable invitation for me Mm. is just maybe, maybe I am correct about how I'm seeing things, but do I have an openness to be corrected? And even do I look to understand more of the Bible Mm -hmm. so that it can continue to speak and shape me? Mm. Um, or do I just like settle on this part that I'm an expert at and start judging everyone according Mm -hmm. to the part that I'm really good at? Yeah. It's interesting too, because it's like, am I, am I that patient with people who maybe are like fundamentalists or something today? Yes. Mm-hmm. The way I maybe should be with uh, the Pharisees. There's people today that kind of like add to scripture. Mm-hmm. And, and I think, in a lot, and I think as long as it's not abusive, right? Like we've seen lots of stories lately of where that can get abusive. Um, there, that's been in the news even and um, things like that. But I just think like, I think the Pharisees could have been like abusive to people also and probably mm-hmm. were. So I think mm-hmm. I will be sort of judgmental of them in that way mm-hmm. at some level. Well, that's um, even interesting. Jesus responds to them, right? Cause yeah, he's actually cause challenging he's... them and they're the religious authorities. They have this yeah. power in this instance and he wants to unseat that power. Mm-hmm. And, and he wants to like pull this thing that's been oppressing people off their backs. And, and even right. these are the people who are, who are the most quote unquote godly or showing people or making people think this is what God's like. And this is what he wants from you. And yeah. so he, he's, He's different towards this man than he is towards the Pharisees. And what the Pharisees need is for this to get pushed off of them, to be challenged so that they might correct their thinking and they're just resistant to it. They're not open. They don't have a soft heart. But he does respond differently even to the Pharisees, obviously, than he does to the man with the broken hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah, it's, that's so interesting. Yeah, because I, I feel like I need to reduce my judgmentalism no matter what. <laughs> that's probably a good thing. No matter thing. who it's for, yeah. No matter who it's for. yeah. Also, I want to I want to defend the defenseless, right? Like no matter what, uh-huh. as well. So it's just like, yeah, it's an interesting combination. But mm-hmm. it is the one crew that Jesus gets pretty mad at a lot. <laughs> yes, <laughs> so, um, that's mm-hmm. good, man. Yeah, this was such a great, such a great talk, and I think it really helped 
people, myself included, and I've told you this already even before going on <laughs> uh, mm. hit and record, but it just it helped me think about the Sabbath as someone that's even preached on the Sabbath. It just helped help me think about the heart of the Sabbath, mm. like the heart of God yeah. for his people with the Sabbath. Um, and it wasn't to make us do more rules and just to kind of hold us down or to limit us or to whatever, to keep us from making money and not working or something. I don't know, some weird thing you could add to it, but really um, his heart is he wants his people to delight in him and for yeah. him to delight in us and, yeah. and rest in that. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's, yeah, I appreciated good. your tone. It was, I said this to you also off this recording, but you were very invitational. The Lord allowed your words to be invitational to this practice mm-hmm. rather than any form of um, condescension or guilt or shame. And I just really felt invited in. I think the spirit was using you yeah, and your countenance to do that. Um, and I was telling Christian, I haven't told you, but I like pulled our oldest daughter aside when I got home and I'm like, all right, Lily. Hold me accountable. I'm deleting some apps right now off my phone because <laughs> nice. I just want to. I want to be present today uh, with the Lord and with our family. Mm. And so I deleted three really hard apps for me. Do you want to talk about which ones? Yeah, Instagram, Twitter, which are the normal ones. Whoa. I guess that people t- tweet, uh, delete, but also this is a deep confession. But solitaire. <laughs> <laughs> I've been playing solitaire when I'm like in line at Target or a grocery store. That's or just funny. want to have five minutes when I'm waiting for somebody. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. So yeah. I deleted that off my, my right. phone. Amen. So hold me accountable. You got it. <laughs> Thanks no, so much. Stop playing solitaire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. We're going to have a whole sermon on that next section. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. The exactly. sin of solitaire. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Christian. Thanks well for having done. me on. Yeah. Well done. Woo! Appreciate it. You crushed it, bro. Super grateful for you. So, you know, why don't you just <laughs> walk off? Wow, with a raucous applause. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. As you go back to the spaceship of VBS. See you later, everybody. Appreciate you. Yeah, that was awesome. All right. So we had a special guest there. Yeah. Have we ever had someone walk in in the middle of the pod? I don't think we ever Kind of exciting. I know. I invited it. It was like he couldn't come on. I'm like, just what if you get like 20 minutes or something, a little gap in your filming? Because this is just yeah. like a day that they, they need to get this thing done. It's coming. Oh, okay. I thought maybe this door was open. He just wandered in. He just wandered <laughs> <laughs> exactly. got to lock this thing. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. So super awesome to have him. Any other just... Thoughts like before we move on yeah. from that sermon, you know, just thoughts that you had from that passage. Or yeah, whatever. like I just said, it was just very invitational. I think just something yeah. that um, that you were leading us through as a church family, really in the fall, maybe it was fall last spring, but you were just kind of reminding us at the end of even your benediction each week was, hey, enjoy Sabbath today. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's funny. I think a lot of what we do when we gather together as the family of God um, mm-hmm. is remember <laughs> yes. and remind ourselves of who God is, his character, yep. but also the in, invite, invitational practices that he's offering us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Sabbath to me feels like one of these ones I just constantly need to be reminded of and yeah. invited back into. Yep. I've never regretted it. Yeah. But for some reason, it just gets kind of squeezed out. I had a buddy who called me last week and he goes, hey, I'm part of this Christian board and they've asked all of us on the board to go do a morning of silence and solitude. He's like, what would you recommend? I'm like, oh, that's a great question. I'm like, well, you kind of want to get to a place where maybe you can just kind of be quiet. You can maybe enjoy nature. Like great place to go is just like Crystal Cove down in Laguna, Newport area. Like. (laughs) You know, it costs some money to get to park, but it's so worth it. It's quiet when you get down there. He's like, oh, that's a great idea. So he went down there. He's telling me on Sunday, he went down there on Friday and he's sitting there in his chair, like overlooking the bluff of the beach and just like, oh, this is good. Like I can connect with God here. And he closed his eyes and then he kind of felt like something next to him and he opened his eyes and there's some dude sunbathing on the bench, like six inches from him. Like, and he's like, this would have been the funniest photo if someone would have just like taken a photo right there, like me just sitting in my chair and some guys like oh six gosh. inches from me, but just it's like laying on the bench, just like completely clueless, low, no like you know boundaries oh, of like uh, personal space. But it is, it's challenging for us when it comes to Sabbath. Yeah, of it is. Things are always going to be crying for our attention, and yep. so, uh, anyways, it's just a great reminder yesterday. Yeah, and I think for me lately too, kind of Christian was alluding to this for himself. It's like the hardest part is uh, kind of to that that practicing the way quote is 
not just relaxing, yeah. but sabbathing is a little different. Has yeah. a little more intentionality. Yeah. Or just a little, even if it just has an awareness of God's presence with you at some level, like just being cognizant of that's what you're there totally. to, to, to do, to rest in, not yeah. not just like some TV time or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't think it's like wrong to watch TV mm-hmm. on the Sabbath or something. Like, yeah, that could be part of it. Sure. But I think it's it's more than that, right? Yeah. Yeah. I was freed up several years ago. I was part of uh, this group that tried to do things like this together to encourage each other. And I actually fell asleep one afternoon when we were doing like a, That's awesome. a Sabbath day away. <laughs> and I came back yeah. to the group and we were kind of debriefing our times. And I felt kind of embarrassed. I said, I, I fell asleep. And the, the leader of our group was so wise. But he said, wow, how cool yeah. that you could rest in the Lord like that. Yeah, and it just exactly. kind of freed me up from That's good. the guilt of that. So there is a sense that, yeah, Sabbath doesn't have to mean we're yes. <laughs> having these like mountaintop experiences with God. Sometimes it is just yes. deep rest, exactly. but it probably isn't just binge watching other right. either. Right, right. Exactly. So that's good. Um, okay. Let's, um, so we're, you know, in 40th minute here of All the right. podcast. Let's yeah. go back to Oakland. Oh boy. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Now you can pull off the side of the road again. Mm-hmm. So you're listening to this on your commute to Los Angeles. You went to Israel. Or Riverside. Back to Oakland. <laughs> San Diego or wherever you work. Uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, family jetted up to NorCal real quick and uh, it happened to be last Tuesday night. There was a protest game in so Oakland. protest game. Yes. So this the is, Oakland this A's is fans. Protest, yeah, right? the Oakland A's fans uh, did this grassroots effort to try to sell out Oakland Coliseum so that they could show Major League Baseball, the nation, the owner of the A's, we're not going without a fight. You can't move out of Oakland without us. Yeah, because they're showing trying to move that we're fans. Now, just also for people to understand, there's been like what, like three thousand people a night or something. Yeah, it's like really a sad. But there's forty thousand seat stadium. Yeah, or something it's, like that. it's a whole story there. But no, no, I'm just saying that's how. Yeah, because it does. It wouldn't make sense for it. A yeah, team yeah. to have people show up as a protest. Right. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> so it was grassroots. Uh, yes. The fans donated $30,000 worth of T-shirts that Whoa. said the word sell on them. It was okay. really cool, like sell the yeah. team. So that was really fun. So my two sons and my dad. So it was kind of like our Father's Day gift. Yeah. We were part of that crowd that was up there and cheering on. So it just happened to be that when we were up there that they were doing that. It was really so cool. awesome. Yeah. So yeah, Matt Doan is fighting the, the good yes. fight for the Oakland days. <laughs> Can you imagine? Pastor from Orange County arrested in protest. Yeah, oh, yeah. it must have been protesting pro-life issues or right, something right. Some really biblical. Oh no, he was just protesting Process. a baseball team moving. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you don't want them to go to the city of sin. No, not yeah. at all. Not uh-huh. at all. <laughs> Even though that's where I'm going to live this fall. What? Yeah, I'm going to live in Vegas. Oh boy. No, just because... Going to some U2 shows in Vegas this fall. Uh, uh, all right. So let's then transition to our mailbag yeah. segment. We do, do have some good questions. We do. We have two emails. Okay. But I also put up a little post. Oh, really? Uh, asking for some questions on Instagram. Wow. And I've got. I wouldn't know because I've deleted Instagram. That's right. That's right. Now, I'm not sure. They, they could be some entertaining questions um, <laughs> more than uh, helpful questions. But let's do the serious questions. We have a couple sure. of serious questions. Okay, serious. Let's get serious. Uh, via email here first. Uh-huh. The first was the one we delayed from last time, which was from my good old brother-in-law, Kevin McMurtry. Okay. And he said, this came up in conversations with my 14-year-old. Huh. What is the purpose of prayer? <laughs> That's a pretty big question. Then he says, are prayers of petition convincing God to do things he otherwise would not have done? Would God withhold an act if we never prayed for it? Does God change his actions and plans based on our prayers? Wow. These are massive questions that could uh, even have implications to, like, can God's mind be changed? Sure. Uh, these are huge questions. And yeah. They could get us all fired. But... Um, <laughs> We'll give it our best shot. I guess my first response is, Kevin, I love that you're having this level of conversation yes. with your 14-year-old. And yes. there's sometimes there's like a sense of like, oh, our kids don't want to go deep. Or, mm-hmm. But I think our kids are naturally spiritually curious. Yep. And yeah, it's not always going to happen on your way home from school. Like, right. how was your day? What, have you thought about the Trinity today? Yeah, <laughs> but, right. but I think just taking advantage to lean into spiritual conversation. So this is super cool that 
even there having this conversation. So yeah. props to Kevin. Happy Father's Day to you. Yeah. And props to your 14 year old for thinking this through. So that's all I got. Wow. That's <laughs> helpful. Good job. Um, but yeah, so sometimes even thinking about the purpose of prayer and let's get, we'll get into the changing mind stuff in a moment, but I know God wants to commune with us. Like God wants to be with us. And sometimes like God's presence with us is what's most important. Right. And so he wants us to bring our petitions or our cares or all of that to him, regardless of if he will quote unquote answer it right the way we want, right? Fulfill, fulfill said request. Um, but God wants us to, I think, to, to bring that to him, to wrestle even with him in some of that or to like grieve with him uh, if we're or be even angry if we're angry about mm-hmm. something kind of psalm like prayers. And so like a lot of that is, I think, first, just first and foremost, like being with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's interesting that the scriptures too say, like, when we don't know what to pray, that the spirit prays wow. for us yeah. with groanings too deep for words and that kind of thing. Like, so sometimes we don't know what to pray, but we know that the spirit is intercessor, in, in, praying intercessorily, intercessorily. Oh, man. I'm, I'm, Dude. Yeah. For us. That's. Yeah. I don't know why. It's just like hitting me right now. Oh, that's good, That's man. awesome. Yeah. Isn't that the. Yeah. How crazy is that? Like times when I'm lacking in my prayer life and yes. the spirit of God, which is in me as a f- believer in Jesus, yeah. it's literally yeah. petitioning the father on our behalf. Like, yeah. that's insane yeah. to re- like get beyond like, oh yeah, yeah, we know that. Like it's no, amazing, isn't it? It's super amazing. <laughs> yeah. It's, it, and it's, it's both amazing and kind of like. <sighs> like yeah, yeah. freeing at some level, right? Like totally. you can just, you can, you can also rest in that. Like, okay, pray whatever you pray, but God like wants to be, cause God wants to be with you. Yeah. He like gets all the ways you say it wrong. Mm-hmm. Don't stress if you say it wrong. I even made somebody pray at our pre-service uh, mm-hmm. prayer on Sunday that like, Hey, will you open us up in prayer? And it was like one of the tech guys that never <laughs> like does. <laughs> and he was like, what, what, you know? <laughs> And it was, it was beautiful. Yeah. Right. It was beautiful. And, and it was great. And it just was like, look, like it doesn't matter the exact words we say. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually love when people that don't normally pray out loud do, mm-hmm. cause they'll, they don't, we might, we, we've kind of done this a lot yeah. and we kind of can fall into scripts that we might not even like yeah. mean to. And it was just so much more like talking. This guy was just like talking to God, like we would talk to each other and it was awesome. Right. So like, I think that's like, Hey, God wants that. That's great. Um, yeah. Jesus talks about me. He goes after what the, mm -hmm. the pagan who just prays his ritual prayers, Mm -hmm. hoping to somehow lasso God with his correct wording. Yeah. yeah. And God is, as you're saying, is after a relationship, yeah. Uh, a conversation, keeping company with God's one way yeah, that we've yeah. uh, heard it said. Um, I, I I think, why do we pray? Because God wants to listen and yeah. speak to us and relate to us. Yeah. Yeah. And then I get so confused by <laughs> like uh, Moses on the mountain. Yes. Who cries out and it says, and God, the Bible says, and God changed his mind. Yes. And God says it didn't. Yeah. Literally says it. And then we're like told God doesn't change his mind. And you're like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> I know. Like, <laughs> right. And so there is like a struggle in there, but it does feel like there's some sort of, uh, impact that we can have yeah. on God. Now, I think this can kind of go back to our conversation we had with Doug. Doug Brown, yeah. Where uh, about determinism and Molinism and does God then choose this like this like possible outcome that had prayers that led towards less suffering or mm-hmm. something, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, that God sovereignly knows everything that would happen in this like this timeline or whatever that mm-hmm. he chooses, right. Yeah. Uh, is like it, the way it would work within that philosophy of Molinism. But, um, but God is sovereign, but God also like asks us to pray mm-hmm. and that it, we see examples in the text where it somehow moves him. Yeah. Um, it's, it's one of those things like the Trinity or whatever that we have a little bit hard time yeah. like, describing fully. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Any way to completely describe it's probably it inadequate in yes, some way. Yes. Uh, I mean, Jesus says, you know, what, 
father, if his son asks him for something, yeah. you know, will give him a bad gift, give him a snake, right? Yeah. yeah. So there's a sense that a, God's a good father. And yeah. so he asks his kids part of even just, I think, the enjoyment that he has is us asking for things mm-hmm. is us coming to him and saying, you're my authority. You're my, um, you're my counsel. Mm-hmm. You're, you're the one that I, I, I turn to, I depend on. Mm-hmm. So there's something about that, that God's requiring or, or leaning into asking us to do. And so it's like the persistent widow too. that example of like, yes, continue to pray over and over again. So he's like, fine. Okay. Yeah. You know? Right. And so there is like these stories of yes. like, you know, Moses, like you're saying to me that God's changed God's mind or God's saying, come to me is persistent. Yeah. Um, cry out to me, petition me for things. Yeah. Uh, and then, then ultimately we rest on, okay, it's a yes, no, or wait. Yeah. And there's a sense that, okay, I rest that God is God and I am not. Right. And it's either a yes to my prayer, it's a no to my prayer, or it's a wait. Yeah. But it feels like all three of those still have a response from God. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It does feel like, because I was looking again at Kevin's question, like, are prayers convincing God to do things he otherwise would not have done? It's interesting because at some level, like the Moses example, where God was going to wipe out the people, he was just going to kill all of them. Mm-hmm. And in some way, like it's, it seems like from that passage, at least that story. And again, whether that story is prescriptive or descriptive, right. I'm not totally sure. Yeah. But in that instance, God does stop from, mm-hmm. from doing what he was planning to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I mean, God sort of plans to do that as well. I'm trying to, th- even like the act of Jesus coming is like, there was an action that was coming and that was changed out by himself. Yeah. Um, the people are crying out for Messiah to come. Like, yeah. you know what, like was, was that pointless or, mm-hmm. you know, did that have purpose? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, these are interesting questions. Like this is, Obviously, uh, we think you should continue to pray. Yeah. We think it can impact God in some way. We don't understand how that works. <laughs> right. But we know God wants to be with you in the yeah. process. And then even just two things to add to that. Mm-hmm. I think we follow Jesus. Jesus prayed. Yeah. So you can see him getting away into the mountainside to pray, being alone to pray, yep. in the garden saying, not my will, but yours be done, that type of prayer. Yeah, yeah. So there's like these prayers that Jesus has. So we just, if he prays and he had this relationship with the father, then I think it's worthy of us to pray. Yeah, and then like Philippians four says, you should do these things, present your requests to God. Mm-hmm. And so there's almost a, a command. There is a command to pray. So whether we understand how it all works, the mechanics of it, yep. there is a sense that God wants us to commune with him in that way. Yeah, that's good. Uh, hopefully that's helpful to you, Kevin, and to others that think about those things. Uh, then another question from James. He, uh, Jimmy. <laughs> he says, because he's up at, uh, he was up serving at camp, James Shook, with okay. serving with our fourth, fifth graders. Way to go. Fourth and fifth graders at Forest Home, which uh-huh. is, you know, amazing. Yeah. Uh, so thank you for, you know, hanging out in the cabin and taking care of oh, these, like, just heroes. Probably psychotic Any children. camp counselor, <laughs> yeah. hero in my book. <laughs> exactly, dude. <laughs> and uh, he says, like, he's just like, hey, our church is super intergenerational, multi-generational. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, like, what can we do more? Like, what are your thoughts of a Calvary camp that isn't limited by age? Interesting. Isn't that an interesting question? Yeah. Yeah. And we've had versions of that with, like, our men's retreat has several generations Yep. Women's retreat. We've had family camps. Family camp. Our Hispanic ministry does an amazing family camp yep. every August. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah, but it's a good question. Maybe yeah. that's something we should kind of put on the brainstorm. Um, what do you think we could do? We could, uh, like, I'm trying to think of options. Like, we could maybe go to Hawaii. <laughs> Salita? 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 <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I don't know. It would have to, it's so interesting because it's like, how do you come up with something? Because the thing that's, like, brutal about forced home family camp is it's epic, but it's so expensive. It is, yeah. They uh, do have scholarships. They do, they do, they do. Um, but there's, like, other things. I know our Hispanic ministry just, like, straight up goes camping. Yeah. Um, because that's to, and that can help make it not cost as much. Right. It might rule out a bunch of people that are like hard pass on the whole. <laughs> There's tech, some people that, yeah, camping. either. Yeah. Well, that actually rules out some of the generations. Cause some of the older yeah. folks can't like, Oh, I can't sleep on the ground for 
four days. And there might be places that you have kind of like a, a combo where, you know, like even that's like what a family camp does a lot of times is there's like right. levels of niceness of the cabin, sure. you know, so that it's a little more for like more affordable options mm-hmm, and other mm-hmm. options. But I think the concept is cool. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. Like some people I've, I've seen where they say like, you know, cause there people were debate. I saw always like some Twitter debate about whether like, um, someone was allowed to teach Sunday school. And then uh-huh. person's response was like, well, why do you even have Sunday school? People, <laughs> the kids should all be, you know, in church the whole time and sure. everybody be there together. Yeah. And I think there's like some interesting thoughts on yeah. that. Obviously it's helpful. We actually do have a value though. I just had this raised and someone asked very humbly, but just, Hey, how come you don't do junior high and high school groups right. uh, at our 9 a.m. English service. How right. can we only offer them at 11 a.m.? Right. It seemed like it would be nice for students to have the option yeah. when their parents are going to the English service. And we were, I was thinking, I was like, yeah, it's always a good question to kind of yeah. raise, but it's like the idea of like, oh, we feel like 13, sixth grade on up, yep. um, they can handle the concepts right. of the things we talk about in the right. adult service in a, in a sense, and that we want them growing into that. And one of the things we've seen is kids who weren't exposed to the larger generational worship. Yep. The stats even show you when they finish their student ministry years, yep. they end up not getting connected right. to the larger church because they're just not able to relate to it or they right. don't feel like it's their church. So we're trying to like slowly kind of do both. Right. Weave our students into the main worship time, um, but then also give them a, a, a specific time too right. as well. So, yeah, I mean, you can kind of argue that with all the generations. Totally, totally. Yeah, that's right. And that that stuff you cited was exactly like why we made that decision. It was like, so sixth grade and up. Okay, that, yeah, that's like, that's, that's getting, you know, getting a little more. Right. <laughs> I remember, so I grew up in the church and yeah. I remember being like about 13, 14 and like looking at my dad and being like, dad, this pastor is actually pretty good. Uh, <laughs> like it was like the first time yeah, that exactly. like I'd been there, been like the peanuts, like blah, 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 blah. Totally. And then all of a sudden I was like, Oh, I'm like actually understanding this now. Yes. And I remember, I remember this, like yes. this distinct moment of going like, <laughs> wow, I like him. <laughs> That's so funny. I totally remember being that little kid in a service. And I think my church was kind of like here where it's like every once in a while, we sure. were there, not yeah. all the time. But like totally with like the coloring page, yes. just trying to keep myself <laughs> or like I would take like the bulletin, the church bulletin and fill in like every letter that was written <laughs> that had a circle in it and like kind of darken it in yeah. the part of the capital R, you know, or yeah. whatever. That's like a circle. OK, yeah. Oh, so. I would do something like we'd have back then. And so sometimes churches have this, but like the visitor cards, yep. I'd fill those out every week and I'd put like a baseball player's name, like Roger yes. Clemens, yes. first time here. And I'd turn it up like, <laughs> I think that's a good idea. We probably should start with before a full on camp, like just. You know, keep doing things like the church picnic yes. or different like events where it's like, hey, let's all join in. And it's not about because um, even sometimes stuff like light the night or whatever is just like everybody's sort of scattered out. Yes. You know? But stuff that we're all doing together. So and you even said this last Sunday, I think giving people permission, we give you permission right now, listener, when you're <laughs> gathering with the church family, go up to people. Maybe it's even with you and your kid. Yes, yes. Hey, find someone a little bit older than you yes. and be like, hey, I just want to introduce you to our family. And I think there's wisdom in just on a Sunday morning, just connecting together. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So those are our two serious questions. Those okay. are good. Thank okay. you very much. Uh, I'm trying to th- decide what of these other questions. Oh so from the oh Instagram, you know, I mean, it's like stuff from like my niece, Julia, that doesn't go to um, Calvary that says like, which niece is your favorite? <laughs> Julia. Obviously it's Julia. Yes, obviously. Or from a former youth pastor here, Ryan Gard, that says, who is your favorite Calvary youth pastor from 2008 to 2009? (laughs) Melissa. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Here's, here's a good one. What has changed? This is from John Godown, who also is a former staff member. Yes. I remember John. Yeah. What has changed the most in you process wise Hmm. after completing all of your races? Whoa. So after like, so bringing triathlon back to the pod. Yes. Um, But what has changed in you process wise after completing all. So what do you mean by process? Do you think? I think like the, how I live, like my process of like, I I don't know. I don't think just like in racing. Right. I don't know. Well, let's broaden it a little bit. All right. right? So just, even if it was just about that, that's kind of boring. But um, like, I think 
it's interesting. I think I've gotten a lot lazier and <laughs> eat too much. Since you finished your Ironman. <laughs> kind of. So it's terrible, but a little bit like, so I'm struggling with um, feeling like I've achieved the thing and I don't want to yes. work out anymore. Yeah. You need a new goal. I need a new goal. Huh. Yes. I need a new goal and I need to get my head back in the game. Yeah. Cause I'm, in the process, I lived a very regimented life, uh-huh. Ex- probably to the extreme. Uh-huh. I mean, every day, 4.30, wake up call, workout, like get up, coffee, very small snack. Yep. You know, like uh, actually before I get up, I'd pray the Lord's Prayer, a little time with God. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, just to be real here as a pastor, as Pastor Wakeling, but it's true. I actually do. And then, um, and then go do the, do the long workout and, but the thing is, is even like process wise, it was things like this, like, uh, what's that express? Like your, your Tuesday morning workout starts Monday night. Right. So that kind of stuff. Like yes. You're laying cl- out your stuff. You're thinking about you're eating Monday night. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Clothes are laid out, workout gear, like whatever food for the next morning, all that. So that's like, honestly, process wise, I think that's one of the most important things that maybe could be learned from all of that huh. is the whole concept of. Tuesday morning workout starts Monday night yeah. or it's everything starts with the preparation for the thing. Yeah. And so prepare well for the thing you're going to do, whatever it is in yeah. advance and set yourself up for success in the time that you're not going to be motivated. Right. Cause in at 5am you're not motivated. Yeah. And, but when all the stuff's laid out, when you've told people you're going to do it, that's also the other thing mm-hmm. for me about accountability is important. Like yeah. even my race, even my full, my big race, the Ironman, I was on that run and I was so tired. Like I wanted to cry. I wanted huh. to quit. I wanted to just die because it was yeah. so hot and I was so tired. And I knew, honestly, I think the main thing that kept me going was knowing like literally hundreds of people knew I was doing that race that oh, day. Not only knew it, there yeah. were several, many of us following you <laughs> I live. Know, I know, I know, dude. That's so stressful. So by Su- the way. Susie, uh, <laughs> one of the amazing admins here, she was yes. like texting all of us, like, he just crossed the next checkpoint. Yeah, yeah, and, exactly. Yeah. And I heard my thing like froze up at one point and like, because it does that sometimes. <laughs> but isn't that but, cool? That's a cool like yeah. portrait of how yeah. we can do more together. Yeah. So that's like an interesting maybe question there. Um, so we can do a couple more. I'll, I'll save some of the rest of these two for, right. good, for the good to hear week. from you. Go down. Yeah. Super good. Um, Steve Coombs. Uh-huh. Uh, I won't say where he is, but he does say who is your favorite overseas worker and why is it Steve? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, it's, uh, uh, Steve Meeker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's Steve Meeker. That's hilarious. Um, but yeah, so yeah, we, we love you. This guy, actually, he's, he is, uh, I, I don't play favorites with our overseas workers here from Calvary, but, uh, he does keep up with me. Let's say yeah. he keeps, uh, so maybe that's, uh, maybe that's your uh, advice. <laughs> um, man, another triathlon one. Huh? Okay. Let's go for it. Shockingly from Greg Clark, whose handle is Tri-Coach Greg. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and it's his birthday today. Whoa. Happy birthday, Greg Clark. Yes. How do you have that memorized? How do you know that? I need to like have this written. Oh, Facebook, huh? No, it's Planning Center, man. Planning Center. What, you just look up? Database. Yeah. No. It just t- shows us. Tell me the truth. <laughs> That's not actually the answer. I deleted Instagram but Twitter, but I'm still on Facebook. I'm still on Facebook. <laughs> uh, he says, yep. who's your favorite professional Ironman athlete and why? Whoa. I actually have two. Okay. I couldn't, if if, I, if my I life depended on it, I couldn't name one. If you... If you time warped me four years into the past, (laughs) I would also not be able to name one. Uh, Over this time, I've gotten into this a little bit more. So there's a guy named Christian Blumenfeld, Norwegian, Mm -hmm. just dominant. Yeah. Utter dominance. The guy's amazing. That's why I like him. He's just burst onto the scene. He won the gold medal at the Olympics in Japan. Oh, yeah. I I remember watching that. Yeah, it was epic. And I like him because... He's a little bit like kind of, he's a little husky. Huh. He's not this like super, super, super skinny yeah. guy. And I mean, there's no real reason why I would relate to that, but like <laughs> I would understand if others might relate to that. Totally. No, I'm very husky. Uh, <laughs> Me as well. Uh, but uh, anyway, that's, but he just still dominates because it's all willpower. He yeah. just goes hard. That's awesome. So yeah. And there's like a other guy, Joe Skipper, I like too. That's a huh. little, he's a little spicy. 
Huh. Um, whoa, Kathy Norton says, will there be a summer book club? Is this a setup? Does she know? I feel like it's a setup. You do? I do. You think she knows? I think she knows. But like, Kathy, yes, there's going to be a summer book club. I'm like actually going to start talking about it this Sunday. Right. So we are going to have a book mm-hmm. and uh, I'll, I'll give you this. Should I just say what it is? Yeah, why not? Yeah. It is by a guy named Sky Jitani, uh-huh. and it is called What If Jesus Was Serious? And it's uh, the basis of its Sermon on the Mount, mm-hmm. which we'll be getting to in August, but it's just a super simple, like, really kind of like, I don't know how to, it's like. It's a summer read. It's got drawings. It does. It's got drawings. <laughs> it's, it's kind of like. But it's deep. It's like 50 chapters that are very short or something like yeah. that, you know? It's just like, it's like two page chapters. Yep. Very discussable. Yep. So, yeah, great, great question. Thank you, Kathy. Um, uh, oh, Kevin McMurtry, wow. the brother-in-law. Okay. Uh, what's your favorite thing about Matt? Wait, he's asked this question before. Oh, yeah. He says, and vice versa. <laughs> Should we save that one? I feel like we've, we've covered Doug, this topic. Doug Brown says, do you think you could train Matt Doan to complete an Iron Man? Oh. <laughs> Oof. It feels like an Iron Man again. Like you were saying, you have the community around you. I know, but it's got to be an internal. You got to like have an internal drive to do it, to practice, to. Yeah, yeah. So, it's it's interesting because this question was directed to me. Do I think I could train you to do an Iron Man? Yeah. The answer is yes, Matt. Whoa, you are a gifted athlete, <laughs> and you don't have to use your shoulder that much. Except yeah, for I do swimming. have a bum shoulder. Oh, uh, can you swim? Ah, like freestyle. I pr- yeah, I could, I could like modify. It. I just could, probably couldn't do the stretch. Oh, out. so when I had my, because I had my shoulder problem. Yeah. When I was first, my shoulder problem. When I broke my collarbone. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So I would do this move where I wouldn't like. Whoops! I wouldn't full like. Just to let you guys know, Eric is like simulating. I'm simulating right now. something right now. I know you guys. It's a. This is not a visual medium, <laughs> but uh, I would do kind of like a bow and arrow. Uh huh. Like like you're pulling back on a bow yeah. instead of like a volleyball swing. Yeah, if you can picture that. Yeah, so instead of a that's volleyball, doable. So you just kind of like mm-hmm. you can kind of like do that without. Some people call it doggy paddling. If it's, you want to, yeah, it's it's advanced. It's advanced doggy paddling. <laughs> so I think I think you've got I think you've got more will than you give yourself Oof. credit for. But you'd have to stop doing fit body boot camp. I have to stop eating tortilla chips. I ate so many tortilla chips this weekend. I know, dude. That's a problem for me too. So my brother-in-law now works uh, for a grocery store, and he gets all the free tortilla sh- chips he wants. Are you serious? Yeah, it's really bad that's for me. That's really funny. It's really bad for I me. I love that like, grocery stores have a lot of stuff, <laughs> and that's like the thing that you get is tortilla chips. That's what he, that's what he brings. <laughs> that's, that's what he, what he brings. brings. Maybe like, bro, how about some fruit or something? <laughs> Let's put a watermelon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. peaches. Dude, okay, this will be the last thing, but okay. I'll save the other questions. There's some other questions. There are some other good ones that I'll save for next okay. week. But I just saw that movie, Flamin' Hot. Have you heard of this movie? I have, yeah. It was so good. Really? Yeah, it was actually really fun. So it's about uh, Flaming Hot Cheetos. Uh huh. Uh-huh. And the invention of it, or yeah, the guy yeah. that invented it. Yeah, basically the guy that invented it that was like a janitor at Frito Lay. Wow. And uh, it was his idea and help. True story. Totally. Yeah, true story kind of to help Frito Lay, help them break into what like they referred to as like the Latino market or mm-hmm. the multicultural market mm-hmm. where it was like such a totally ignored market and uh, it's genius, but he had to, as the janitor convinced the CEO basically. And it's pretty cool. Yeah. That's a good premise. Yeah. yeah. So it was pretty fun. Um, But anyway, that's just got me when you talk about tortilla chips, (laughs) Uh, but cool. This was good. Yeah. We're back. We are back. Uh, It was good to talk to you, Matt. So thank you very much to you. Thanks Christian Hemmerling. Yes. And thank you for listening to the Calvary life podcast. Thanks again for listening to the Calvary Life Podcast. If you'd like to share any of your thoughts, please reach out to us at podcast at calvarylife.org. You can find out more about the show on Instagram at Calvary Life or on our website at calvarylife.org slash podcast.